but I feel like I had this vision of what I should, the type of mom I should be, the type of wife I should be, the type of employee I should be, whatever it is. And um, if I don't meet what that vision is, then um, I get really frustrated. And so what I've been learning to do over the years is it's okay to not take on everything and it's okay to have high goals, but really to check it and to make sure it's something that you can actually achieve, not something that like, I can't just say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by the end of the week. Like that's unrealistic. You're setting yourself up for a failure. Mm-hmm. You'll never reach that, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have this problem so much anymore, but uh, it's definitely something I struggled with a lot in the past. Welcome to the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. In this podcast, we explore all the things that we have battled with and triumphed over along our own health and wellness journeys. Our goal is to provide real content for real women at every age and stage in life and to bring encouragement and community to all of our wayward lasses out there. Are you ready to make a change and start your journey to becoming the best version of yourself? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. I'm your host, Amy, joined by my co-hosts and daughters, the brilliant Brittany. Oh, thank you. Hey, everyone. (laughs) And the captivating Courtney. Hello, hello. Captivating, huh? Captivating, yes, ma'am. I'll take it. So uh, for today's topic, we're actually going to be speaking about two different approaches, perfection versus excellence. But before we go into our topic and do our deep dive, we're going to do our traditional trivia. But guys, I know for the past few months, actually, we've kind of got a little bit carried away with trivia. So I'm going to tone it down a little bit. And instead of doing the traditional 10, I'm going to take it down to three. All right. So the theme for today's trivia is top movie quotes. So I'm going to give you the top quote and just tell me what the movie is. If you can tell me who the character is, bonus point for you. All right, guys. The first one. Say hello to my little friend. Little friend. Scarface. (laughs) Godfather. Scarface. Al Pacino. Scarface. Okay, Scarface it is. Apogino's the actor. What's the character name? Do you know? No idea. No clue. Okay. That was Tony Montana. Yes, no. Tony Montana. Tony Montana. Tony Montana. 50-50. We got 50-50 there. All right. Number two. I feel the need for speed. For speed. Tom Cruise. Um, Top Gun. Do you know his character name? Oh. Maverick. Yes. <laughs> she pulls away. She pulls away. And I think I think actually Courtney's going to get these. Uh, I, I have two here, and I'm not sure which one. I think she's going to get both of them, so I'll just say the one. Well, let's just do the two because three is not enough. All right, all right, right. Are you entertained? Are you not entertained? Gladiator. Ah, stop, Russell Crowe. Maximus Decimus Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, the last one. The last one. I'll give you Why a second. So break. serious. Joker, Heath Ledger, Batman, Dark Knight. <laughs> yes. Very good. Very good, ladies. I, I know I wouldn't have gotten those. Maybe I would have gotten Scarface, but I think that's it. All right. That was fun. Thanks, Mom. 
Of course, of course. All right. So the topic, perfection versus excellence, two different approaches. I think at one point or another, each of us has actually probably applied a perfectionist attitude over an excellence attitude or vice versa. So Courtney actually found some opposing thoughts for perfection versus excellence. And as we go on, she can explain how she actually came across this topic. But what I'm going to do for our listeners is I'm going to read five opposing thoughts. They're going to be one from perfection versus excellence. And then we're going to discuss each of those. And then maybe we'll give you guys, or not maybe, um, I think what we should do is actually give our listeners maybe some type of approach or a way that a suggestion that we can overcome like a perfectionist attitude. Uh, if you haven't guessed, I think perfectionist attitude is something that can sometimes be detrimental if we take that to the extreme. So that being said, I will read the first sentence. And the first thought is for the perfectionist. Perfectionists have the tendency to set unreasonably high standards versus the excellence approach where they set standards that are high but reachable. What do you guys think? I think I used to be a perfectionist and sometimes still have those qualities because if I'm going to do something, I want to do my best at it. Um, and I want to be the best at it, essentially. So I feel like sometimes I can be a perfectionist, but I think I have learned over time that excellence is is far more, I guess, attainable. Setting those high standards, but make sure that you can reach them. And that was something I had to learn, essentially, as a teacher as well, is I have to keep those standards and keep them high, but make sure that everybody can reach those. And so I've definitely taken that into my own life and making sure I can give myself uh, standards that are, you know, something that I can actually accomplish. Hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say that um, I have a hard time with this sometimes because I know that I'm capable. And so sometimes I have a hard time differentiating between capability and like what's realistic. So I may take on many different things, many different tasks, or I will set um, the bar for myself for the day. I'm going to accomplish, you know, this amount of things or do this or whatever it is, or I'll set unreasonably high goals for myself because I know I can do it, but I don't take into account just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And so, um, but I feel like I had this vision of what I should, the type of mom I should be, the type of wife I should be, the type of employee I should be, whatever it is. And um, if I don't meet what that vision is, then um, I get really frustrated. And so what I've been learning to do over the years is it's okay to not take on everything and it's okay to have high goals, but really to check it and to make sure it's something that you can actually achieve, not something that like, I can't just say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by the end of the week. Like that's unrealistic. You're setting yourself up for a failure. Mm -hmm. You'll never reach that, you Mm -hmm. know? So um, I don't have this problem so much anymore, but uh, it's definitely something I struggled with a lot in the past. How about you, Ma? So when I came across these two opposing thoughts, I uh, was reminded of a quote or a saying that Michael J. Fox actually had said, and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but his quote was, 
I am careful not to confuse excellence with perfection. Excellence I can reach for, perfection is God's business. And I love that because far too often, uh, I think in the past more so, um, maybe as you get older, you get wiser. But in the past, I, I was like you ladies, you know, wanting to do everything perfect, um, setting sometimes unrealistic goals, but having this thought or understanding that perfection is God's business. There's no way that I can ever become perfect. Kind of lets me off the hook in terms of everything needs to be perfect. Or for that matter, there's some listeners out there who are always looking to get the approval of others. And if they don't, then you know they're disappointed or they go back to the drawing board to do something over again. So I think for our listeners, one of the things I would caution you against is don't, you know, perfection is not your business. Um, just strive for excellence and set goals that are attainable. What about you guys? What do you think some type of uh, advice that we can give to our listeners when it comes to something like setting goals, unreasonable goals? I do want to point out, I think it's good to have high standards. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also important to kind of take a step back and think about, okay, so what's the ultimate goal here? And what does that look like to me? And what does that look like, you know, for X, Y, and Z? And then to plan that way versus mm -hmm. just like you had said, Court, like I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a week. All right, let's break that down. You know, why Why do I want to lose the weight? And what's a, and then, you know, switching it to what's a reachable and achievable goal. So it's definitely good to have high standards. And I think there are a lot of people and I know people too who have these unreasonably high standards and they just get like so bummed out when they can't reach them. So I would definitely say um, if you think you're in that realm to take some time and look at what your standard is and your goal and try to break it down and see maybe where it is that something is lacking or could be better. You could change. But that's my thought on that. Court? Um, I, 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 the difference between perfectionism and excellence to me is perfectionism is focused on doing the thing right, how things appear, um, and if others think it's it's done right. Excellence, on the other hand, is about doing the right thing, and it's focused on the reason for a task and the results, right? For so, I would just say you can check yourself on that. Am I focused on this has to be done a certain way? This has to be done the right way. I have to do it, you know, and there's no mm -hmm. wiggle room. There's no movement. Or am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. You know? Okay. Very good. Uh, all right. The second thought. So the perfectionist approach is experience satisfaction only when those high standards are met versus the excellence approach of enjoy the process as well as the outcome. The ladies think. Yeah, this is something we've talked about before on the podcast about enjoying the process. And again, something I've had problems with before. I still do here in this in this particular um, aspect of perfectionism, excellence, whatever it is. Um, if I don't meet my like, I, I truly only feel satisfied when I meet certain goals, and I don't fully enjoy the process. So right now, with like my whole workouts and everything. I'll check the mirror. I have to stop doing this. I know, but I'll check the mirror like every day or I'll check my weight every day. Um, for a while I stopped getting on the scale, but since I've restarted my, my workout 
process a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm on the scale a lot and I'm looking in the mirror a lot. And when I don't feel like I see results, I know it's unrealistic. I know it is. But when I feel like I don't see results, I get really discouraged. And it's almost like my brain goes to this whole thing where I'm like, what's even the point? Like, this isn't even whatever. Um, And this is something we caution people about all the time. And you have to work with the process. You have to enjoy the process. Um, And so like my newer goal is, yes, I have a certain routine I want to do every day and I'm going to keep with that. But I'm also going to just understand that I'm I'm not going to hit my goal weight for like, six months for a year. Like I'm, I'm in it for the long haul instead of trying to get results immediately. And when I don't see it getting discouraged, trying to talk myself through the process, it's okay. You're getting stronger. You're on a routine. You're doing, you know, you're doing all of the right things. The results will come enjoy this process. So how about you, Britt or mom? I, I agree with everything that you're saying there. I was like, wow, she kind of like took everything that I was going to say. <laughs> Um, I guess what I can say to that is like, I agree with you 100% because um, I was also and sometimes I'm also the same way of of not seeing it right away, especially with the health and wellness journey. But I have noticed that, you know, I was back in January or December, I was taking videos of myself every day and, you know, those non-scale victories. I'm definitely seeing a change now when I stop stepping on that scale. I kind of just focused on me. But what I would say maybe for our listeners is just like I said for the last one is take that standard and that goal and break it down. And every single small step you take towards achieving the overall goal, whether it's, you know, these small goals here and there, every single day you've achieved a goal, maybe, you know, you're trying to walk every day. So maybe you haven't lost 15, 20 pounds, but you went for your walk today. And that's something to be proud of. And Mm -hmm. that's something, you know, that's definitely going to get your motivation up. It's going to keep you in the right mindset. Um, So once again, I'm going to say break down that standard, that goal, and find small little goals for yourself and cheer yourself on along the way because you're your your biggest friend um, and your biggest supporter, but you're also your biggest enemy because it's a mindset game. And if you get in your head court, like you were saying, like, what's the point of this? I'm not seeing the results yet. You're ultimately bringing on your demise. You're not going to be able to accomplish the goals that you have um, because you're going to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. Agree with that. I, I, I too agree with what you ladies have said, but the one thing that I, I don't see stepping on this scale as a completely bad thing, depending on what your goals are. So say, for instance, that you have a new uh, diet that you're following and you're trying to, if you're something, some somebody who's really paying attention to your macronutrients, maybe you're playing around with the different percentages, fat versus carbs versus protein. And stepping on the scale, believe it or not, every morning is an indicator of, wow, okay, I had, you know, 10% more fat in my diet than I normally would. Okay. It's, I actually lost weight, right? So maybe that's something that you can write and something that you've learned from versus, you know, you stepped on the scale and maybe you were 20% above your carb intake and you gained a pound or a half a pound. So you document that and you note that in your diet that, you know, when you go over your carb intake, that this is what happens, but you have to track that and, and stay on top of it to really understand the trends. So I understand what you're saying in terms of stepping on the scale and looking to maybe lose the weight. But if you're looking at it from a different perspective, like I said, in terms of diet and am I gaining half a pound? Am I losing a pound based on what I've eaten? 
I think that's that's a uh, a healthy approach, if you will. Um, but as far as our listeners go, when it comes to things like the perfectionist approach that you are only satisfied when that high standards met versus enjoying the process along the way. I think one of the things that I would give as an advice for our use, our listeners is to actually recognize what the big picture is and do what's necessary to achieve that best outcome and try not to pay attention to the small details along the way. Cause sometimes when you do that, it, it ends up like Brittany says, it just is, it's like, the demise of you. It's just going to throw you completely off track and, and you're, what's the purpose? What's the use of me doing this? Yes. Mm. Love that. All right, ladies, anything else to add to that? Nope. I think we're good. All right. All right. So the next point, the perfectionist approach, uh, they have a tendency to become depressed over failures and disappointments versus someone with an excellence approach. They recover quickly from failures and disappointments. They recover? Recover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Oh, okay, Did I say recover? You said recover. Recover. I was like, ooh, oh, say it again, say it again. <laughs> Mufasa. <laughs> Good. Okay, they recover quickly from failures and disappointments. Okay, I would say um, I was definitely a perfectionist in high school. Like I was so weird. I would uh, until like midnight and later than that sit in my room and rewrite my notes because there was a smudge on the page. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just like it was so weird. I think, Mom, you remember me doing that. I was just yes. We went to a. Did we see the sticks or somebody? Went to a concert, and I brought my math homework, and I was sitting there <laughs> doing my homework instead of enjoying the concert, whatever it was yeah. that we were doing. And mm-hmm. I would, if I, um, you know, didn't succeed at something, or if I failed at something, I would get super upset about it. Like this, I um, I got a scholarship to go to school, and my first school was App, and I didn't get App. I got Western. But I cried. I cried because I didn't get the school that I wanted. I thought to myself, I didn't work hard enough. But at the same time, I got a scholarship to go to school. Yeah. So um, I definitely was that way before. But like I said, over time, I've learned the the importance of the difference between the two, perfection and excellence. So for now, like nowadays, if something happens that I didn't plan for, or didn't go the way that I wanted to, I'm able to go, you know, what? okay, what happened here? What did I do wrong? And how do I make sure I never make that mistake again? And then I move forward from that. Yeah. So like, as I've talked about before, I used to um, find a lot of my worth and my value in the things that I accomplished. And so my battle was always mistakes that I made to me were evidence that I was inadequate. Mm. And um, I would like, I had this you know, talking about unrealistic expectations, we were talking about weight, we were talking about, you know, to-do lists. But for me too, in addition to all those things, the expectation I had for myself is I felt like I had to, and you guys can probably attest to this. um, I felt like I had to know everything. I had to outperform everyone. I always had to know the right thing to say or the right Mm -hmm. thing to do. I had, I couldn't let anybody down. I had to always say yes to anything anybody asked of me. And I had to go above and beyond you know, what was expected just because I needed to have that attached to my name, like go to Courtney. She'll, she'll never let you down. She will go, mm-hmm. you know, she, she does amazing work. 
She's always, you know, acing every test. She can speak three languages. She can, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it was exhausting. It yeah, was exhausting. Yeah, and on top of it being exhausting, it didn't leave time or room for genuine connection with anybody because I was constantly trying to be somebody that I really wasn't. Um, and it, it caused a lot of my friendships and, and things to suffer. And what I've been able to overcome, I've been able to overcome most of those things over the years. And now striving for excellence to me is learning to accept the mistakes that I make um, and find value in them and learn from them, not let them define me, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's where I stand there. How about you, Ma? (laughs) So with this one, I did not approach uh, or having a perfectionist attitude or approach. I, I pretty much recovered quickly from failures and disappointments. So um, I think I was healthy in terms of, of this statement. However, to our listeners who are out there, I think one of the things that I can give as, an, as advice when it comes to becoming depressed over failures and disappointments is I think you need to develop like self-confidence or self-esteem, right? Because I, I feel like if you truly were, had that confidence and you had that self-esteem, well, then you would recover quickly if something didn't turn out right, right? You learn mm-hmm. from those mistakes. Or even people who become depressed over their failures and disappointments, maybe it's because they're looking for approval from others. And because they've made that that mistake, they feel like they're letting somebody down. So if you find that you fall into this camp in terms of becoming depressed over your failures and disappointments, yes, there there is a healthy way to, or it's not completely unhealthy to, to feel disappointed if you fail. But the idea is don't stay stuck in it. Learn from it, right? Assess the situation, and then move forward. I think it's when you become stuck in that that feeling of of disappointment about yourself, that's when it becomes detrimental to you. Yes, definitely. I would say um, it's kind of silly, but Hannah Montana helped me get through this phase of my life because <laughs> she said <laughs> – Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> Everybody has those days. <laughs> and she's right. She's True. right. I was such a nerd with Hannah Montana. I forgot it's about that. Yes. Yeah, so I know me and two of my high school friends went to the movie theater to watch the Hannah Montana movie. And we were the oldest people in there. <laughs> it was hilarious. And we were like jamming and singing songs. We got the whole theater to sing some songs while we were waiting for the movie to start. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Britt. Of course. Glad I could share that. Any other insightful uh, experiences you ladies want to share? All right. I think we're good. All right. <laughs> Next statement the perfectionist approach or attitude. Uh, they have a tendency to control fear or failure and therefore procrastinate. Wait, be controlled. I apologize. They tend to be controlled by fear of failure and therefore procrastinate versus somebody with an excellence mindset or approach. They keep fear under control with positive truth. Ladies? 
Yeah, this is a big one for me too. Um, so not just, it was fear of being rejected, fear of letting people down, mm-hmm. fear of disapproval. Um, and the problem with that fear is that when people would um, try to give me any type of criticism, I would react very defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would tend to get very frustrated and alienate myself because I, I again, it was performance-based for me. And so if I'm not doing it right, then what am I doing? Um, and so the other end of it is procrastination. I would have the fear that I wouldn't be able to do it right or I wouldn't be able to do it as perfectly as I wanted. And instead of me just starting the process, I would try to wait for the perfect time or wait for, you know, the perfect whatever to line up. And um, it would I would end up doing things last minute, you know. And sometimes I will say, like, sometimes even now I get my best work done, like, under pressure. Not that it's the healthiest <laughs> way. Same. I'm the same way. But, like, if I have a deadline that's two months away, I'm probably not – you know, going to work as quickly and efficiently as if my deadline is in two weeks. Um, but that doesn't mean that like you should just put everything off until last minute. But uh, yeah, so as far as fear is concerned, that's that I can definitely relate to. Uh, but, but at the time, like <clears throat> at the time of living in this perfectionist mentality, I didn't know it was fear. Mm-hmm. I thought it was people just not accepting. Why aren't they getting it? Why don't they see I'm trying my hardest? Why don't they, you know, again, because I wasn't getting that, the affirmation I needed from people. I wasn't getting, you know, the recognition that I needed. Um, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And so, yeah, I know now that it was like fear of, of not, of, of disapproval, fear of rejection, but not that. So how about you guys? I will say, um, I think being a teacher really helped me see the difference between the two of these. Um, Because as a teacher, there were daily and multiple times daily, so many instances where I had to lift kids up and to do things, whether it was in guard to perform in front of people or to try a new trick or in my Spanish class where they had to speak out loud in front of other kids. Um, So it it was a whole kind of mindset for me to teach my students and my children um that you can do anything, even though it's scary, you just got to take that first step. And I would, you know, jokingly around, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm not going to make the team. I'm like, well, not with that attitude. You're not, come on, you got to be positive, you know? And that's kind of just how I was always as a teacher. I mean, sure. I had my bad days, but that was something I really try to focus on with my kids. And I think that definitely helped me transform that into my life and my interactions with other people. Cause I can definitely see, and when I talk to other people, they're always having the negative side of everything. And I really try to, at least now, um, to use that positive truth to keep that fear under control. So yeah, it might be scary and yeah, you might not be used to it, but what if this happens and how great would it be if this happens and all that. So that's my take, mom. Oh, I, I, something comes to mind, but I don't think it necessarily falls into this conversation. (laughs) So as far as I'll, I'll throw out the, uh, the, um, example that I'm thinking of as far as keeping fear under control. And uh, it's related to shooting a gun, right? Um, 
deathly, you guys know I'm deathly afraid of like balloons popping and like the stupid little Pillsbury, you know, uh, grand things. I hate those too. Always have to call somebody in to like break it open for me. Um, I don't know what the the loud noise that popping is, but in terms of um, fear with regards to shooting a gun, like I never wanted to go to the gun range to shoot because that, that noise always scared me. But I think there's something called a healthy fear, right? Um, yeah, you have that fear of that gun because it is a powerful weapon, right? So you should have that fear of that gun, but it shouldn't keep me from actually learning how to use and properly use a gun, um, in terms of would I ever need it, God forbid, to protect myself, my family, my home, et cetera. So, um, I go, I know that's the only example that I can think of when it comes to Fear. Again, not necessarily along the lines of perfection versus excellence, but that's the first thing I thought of when it came to fear. So uh, sorry, listeners, if that really didn't hit, hit uh, the nail on the head with this example. So <laughs> anything additional to add? No. Nope, I think that's it. I think it was still a good example, Mom. Yeah? All right. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to do, um, totally like off left field, is, you know, when we are having conversations with each other, sometimes because this is, for lack of better words, this is live for us, you try and think of a response to what everybody else is saying. So I'm trying to like listen what the two of you are saying without trying to formulate a response. And then finally, when it's my turn to speak, it's like, oh, Okay, well, the first thing that popped into mind was this. <laughs> Guns. <laughs> Guns. But I am, because I, I used to want to do that, like have a response ready for when it was my turn. But this time I was actually listening to you guys and like taking in what you were saying. So. Love it. There you go. All right. All right. The final uh, statement is the perfectionist approach or mindset, they have a tendency to worry about disapproval when mistakes are made versus the excellence approach of they view mistakes as opportunities for growth. Ladies. I feel like I kind of said that. (laughs) Yes. I feel like I kind of ruined that because I sort of covered that a minute ago, but I agree with this. It is true. It is very true. Very true. <laughs> Mistakes are, are uh, really difficult for a perfectionist to um, learn from. And we don't, well, I'm not, don't identify as a perfectionist anymore, but I still have perfectionist tendencies. <laughs> and so I don't do very well with mistakes, but I am learning to learn from them. Um, so I'm right in between perfectionist and excellence, I'd say. <laughs> I agree. I don't like to um, make anybody disappointed, you know, especially if something was in my care or it was my task to do. Um, so I definitely do worry about that. Um, but I think it, uh, on the flip side of it, I think I'm with you, Courtney, I'm right in the middle of the two of them. If I do make a mistake, I'm going to use it as an opportunity for growth. I'm going to learn what I did wrong. And like I said earlier, how do I make sure I never make this mistake again? Cause I don't like how this feels and I don't mm-hmm. like how it's making other people feel. So let's just nip it in the butt. Mom? Yeah, I I would agree with you, ladies. Um, I think when mistakes are made, 
if you fail to see what the lessons learned are, then that's bad on you, if you will. I think it's the opportunity now for you to, again, assess what went wrong, what can I do better next time, and then carry that out the next time something like this comes along or if you're faced with the same situation. But I think the other thing that we need to keep in mind when mistakes are made, especially if you're someone who gets down on yourself a lot, practice compassion, right? You are allowed to make mistakes. You are not perfect, right? So give yourself that allowance that, how would you talk to somebody else who has made a mistake, right? Would you talk to yourself that same way? Or are you going to talk to yourself totally different and be that much harder on yourself because it's you, right? So listeners, just practice compassion for yourself when you, when you make a mistake. Don't get so down on yourself. Just make sure that you um, learn from the mistakes, get back up, and then take that next step forward. Yeah. And I would say if you are listening <laughs> and you are somebody who tends to get very defensive when mistakes are, when you make mistakes or when somebody gives you a criticism or when somebody gives you any type of suggestion or anything like that, if you find yourself getting a little bent out of shape, if you find yourself getting very defensive, um, if you feel like you're always having to prove a point or you feel like it's your way or the highway kind of a thing, um, you might be a perfectionist. Mm. You might have some of those tendencies. So um, that's that's a big that's a big one when you feel like it's all or nothing. It's my way. There's only one right way to do things and you didn't do it the right way. And so it's not good. Or um, you might secretly judge something someone else does because it's not great. Or you're always pointing out, even if you don't say it out loud, you'll see something someone else does, a project, a post. A, you know, a workout picture, whatever it is, you might not say it verbally, but in your mind, you're judging and you're thinking, I could have done that better, or they should have done it this way, this way, this way, or what I would have done if I was in your situation is this. If your immediate reaction is to correct and direct and not have compassion, like mom said, um, you might be a perfectionist, might be something, you know, it might be a red flag for you to kind of step back and uh, maybe reevaluate some things. Yeah, definitely. I like that. And I would say um, for our listeners and just out loud is sure doing things correctly, right? Perfection is is good to have. But I would say here, I think we could all agree that um, the goal and, and the strive should be for excellence. Yeah. And Courtney, didn't you say like, what, what was the reason why you came across this, your your situation? It was a couple of situations that happened to me within the same day. Um, one had to do with something at work where I had the option of just completing something just to complete it. Still would have gotten paid for the time, still would have, you know, um, gotten the task done. But I knew that it required much more attention than what I, you know, what I could give it in that moment. And um, someone asked me, well, just do it. You know, I don't want you to stress about this. Just, just get it done. And I said, well, I, I do care because although I'm not striving to make it the most perfect project ever, this is my name on it. This mm -hmm. is coming from me. And if I'm going to put something out there that's coming from me, it's going to be, it's going to be excellent. It might not, it might have mistakes. It might have room for improvement, but it's going to be my very best. Mm -hmm. Even if my bosses never recognize it, even if no one ever says, wow, great job, Core, That was amazing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who sees it. 
um, I know it's coming from me and I know I put my best foot forward. And that is something that I take pride in. And mm-hmm. so that got me thinking about excellence versus perfection only because there was a past me who would have handled that situation totally differently. Um, and so I did pat myself on the back in that moment and was like, oh, you've come a long way, Court. Good job. <laughs> um, and the, the other thing that made me think about this was um, just the idea of completing, let's say, tasks at home <laughs> or um, you know, my everyday motherly duties or whatever. Uh, sometimes there is the temptation to not do things the right way because no one's looking. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, whether it be at work or at home, but eh, nobody cares. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's watching. So I'm going to, for lack of a better term, half-ass it. Mm-hmm. But again, same same uh, principle applies. It doesn't matter who's watching. It comes from me. It's a reflection of what's in me. And so if my tendency is only to perform well when someone is watching, um, then that's not great character. I mm-hmm. want to put forward my best foot no matter who is looking, just because I want to be held accountable. I want to hold myself accountable to always do my best. Um, and so that just got the the ball rolling for me for excellence and perfection only because, like I said, I battled in the past a lot with a perfectionist mentality. And I feel like I've come a long way. But um, yeah, so that that's the foundation of the idea for this podcast. That's interesting because we, we were talking before the show, Courtney and I, and uh... – it actually uh, was a post that I had made a few days ago, and it's integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is looking, right? So how many of us flip our signal on, you know, when we're driving and there's people around versus you're on the road by yourself? Do you bother putting your directional on? Well, why do I need to? Nobody's there, that type of thing. And another thing that actually came to mind as Courtney was talking is, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this has happened to me a few times where I'm at the grocery store, go back to my car, and there's actually an item in my cart that I didn't pay for. And it's like, oh, I don't want to go back into the store and get pay for this. I'm like, uh, it'll it'll find its way back to me um, one, one day. And lo and behold, I think it was maybe a few weeks later, I actually went back to the store and um, I think I was overcharged for the beer. And I just chuckled to myself like, oh, well, there's that item that I didn't pay for, you know, coming back to me this way. So I am a firm believer that if you cut corners here, it's actually going to come find you in another way. So um, practice integrity. So you don't want that coming back to you, especially if it's going to be something that can be really bad. Uh, ladies, anything else to add to that? Nope. I think you got it. I... uh I guess my quick two cents about this is I definitely saw it as a teacher for a a quick example is someone turning in work that was copied and yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. It's perfect. It is perfect. You got all the answers. Correct. Is it excellent? No, it's not. You Mm -hmm. know, you didn't just like we said, you didn't struggle through the process. You were afraid of a failing grade and, and people being disappointed in you. So you want to have, you wanted to have it perfect versus, um, you know, figuring out what it was you were struggling with and, and setting goals for yourself to uh, ultimately attain the highest goal or the standard you were looking for, um, enjoying the process of learning along the way, learning to uh, grow from the mistakes that you make and, and have an opportunity to commune with me as your teacher to, to learn from those mistakes. Um, so I would definitely say I, this is 
a great example of, of being a teacher here. Hmm. All right. You know, I have to say that even though teaching ended up not being your dream job, there was definitely a purpose for it because look at all the things and skills you've learned, um, really developed, you know, you I say that all the time. I say that all the time. I being a teacher was probably the it was my dream job and I love teaching. I really yeah. loved my job. Um but I have just noticed that I can literally do anything now because of all the skills that I have developed from being a teacher. Maybe one day I'll go back to it, but right now it's tis broken. Tis yeah. broken. Tis, tis broken. broken. Mm-hmm. All right guys, do we have anything else? I would just say um I guess to sum it up for our um for our listeners Strive for excellence. Be satisfied with, you know, a job well done. Learn from your mistakes, but they don't define you. Um, enjoy the process, mm-hmm. not the outcome, and remain flexible. You got to adjust your standards sometimes and your goals as needed. Um, and I think we need to aim high with our goals, but we also need to have balance in our lives. You know, we always talk about self-care, health and wellness, mental health, physical health, spiritual health, all those things um, are all involved when you're striving for excellence. Whereas perfection, you will feel down, you will feel heavy burden. And it's it's a very difficult road to, um, to walk. So strive for excellence, guys. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Please continue to support us by subscribing to our podcast as well as rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you love this episode, please share it on your Instagram stories and tag us at wayward underscore lasses. And if you're not following us, what are you doing? (laughs) You got to follow us. We have tips and tricks and short stories that we share all the time. And we also have a Wayward Lasses Facebook community page that we would love for you to shout us out on or reach out to us on. Don't forget, if there's a topic you'd love for us to cover, email us at waywardlasses at gmail.com and our website, www.waywardlasses.com. Lots of cool stuff on there, including a shop and mom's blah. You got to check it out. Other than that, guys, um, until next time, we are the Wayward Lasses reminding you to keep it real. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Brett killed the guy. <laughs> I, I, love love lamb. I love lamb. I love lamb. It's the please. It's the please. It's the back to the past store. <laughs>